Welcome to A Sparkling Vintage Life, where we talk about all things vintage and celebrate the grace and charm of an earlier era. I'm your host, Jennifer Leo, and it's April 12, 2019 as I record this. I feel honored that you've stopped in to visit. I know your life is full and your time is short, so I hope to make it worth your while. This is episode number 10 of the podcast, which I can hardly believe. The weeks have flown by so quickly. To mark our 10th week anniversary, today's episode will be a Q&A with some questions a few listeners have emailed in. But first, on the writing front, I turned in my article on the history of City Beach here in Sandpoint, Idaho, and that will appear in the summer 2019 issue of Sandpoint Magazine which will come out in a few weeks. I've had a few freelance editing jobs to complete, too, including a couple of novels and also exhibit labels for an upcoming exhibit on railroads at the Bonner County History Museum in Sandpoint. If you're a train buff and you find yourself in or visiting the Sandpoint area this summer, you'll want to check that out. Above all, of course, I'm not... I am continuing to write the first draft of the 1930s novel set in Hollywood. It's um, kind of a slog at the moment. It's not progressing quite as quickly as I'd hoped, but it is progressing. So now on to our very first Sparkling Vintage Q&A episode. Remember, you can always email me questions and topic ideas to Jenny, J-E-N-N-Y, at sparklingvintagelife.com. I promise to read every email and maybe even address some on future Q&As here on the podcast. Our first question today comes from Elizabeth. Elizabeth writes, It seems to me that the world is better off today than it ever has been. Women especially were so oppressed back then and had so few options in life. You claim to love all things vintage. Do you really wish you lived in the past? Well, the truth is, no, Elizabeth, I don't really want to live in the past, not permanently, although I'd sure like to visit sometimes. My husband and I sometimes joke that I'd last about ten minutes in any era that didn't offer hot baths and indoor plumbing and Nutella. When I say that I do, when I say I wish I lived back then or that I were born in an earlier era, it's sort of a shorthand meaning I regress missing out on certain aspects of an era or feeling like I missed out on some element that sounds cool but that was no longer being done by the time I came around. I guess you could say I suffer from vintage FOMO, fear of missing out on some older ways of life. I don't I don't want to live in fear of cholera or TB or polio or to have to travel around on horseback or grind my own wheat. I love air conditioning. I love the internet. Above all, I know God placed me here on this earth in this time and place. And he does not make mistakes. He put me here on purpose. But that doesn't mean I can't look back at history and admire what's gone on before. The dictionary defines nostalgia as a wistful, sentimental yearning for the happiness of a former time and place. I'd say that's the definition that defines my approach. 
I'm certainly not a professional historian, but I do want to counteract certain misconceptions as they pop up in my research. You say in your letter, Elizabeth, that women were totally oppressed in earlier decades and had fewer options in life. That's true to a certain extent, but so did most people. Men, too, had fewer options in life and more limited horizons. Um, it, it wasn't only women, um, and they weren't always under this huge thumb of the patriarchy the way they're sometimes portrayed. It's a huge topic, and we'll probably tackle it another day, um, devoting a, at least one episode to it. But I'll just say that my research doesn't always turn up women whose lives were unending parades of misery and entrapment. Some things did need to be corrected, of course, but everything in the entire culture did not need to be tossed out and stomped on. All women were not miserable. In fact, some were quite happy and content. I knew some of them, personally. Um, while there were always women who were dissatisfied with their lives in the past, many with quite valid complaints, of course, there are a lot of women today who feel angry and dissatisfied as well. Modern life is no panacea for the ills of the human heart, and it's created some new problems. For me, the answer lies in um, reaching back for what did work and bringing it forward, not to continue demolishing it with a hammer just because it's old. Old doesn't mean outdated. It could mean timeless, and timeless for a good reason. I do not agree that whatever's new is always better. I do not always think old is better either. The point of a sparkling vintage life is not to recreate the past wholesale. Clearly that's impossible and undesirable besides. But it's to preserve the best aspects of the past, to study what worked and how to bring it back while leaving the bad aspects behind. I hope that somewhat convoluted answer clarifies things a little bit. I would love to continue this discussion as I think it's an important one. Catherine asks if I dress vintage in real life. No, I do not, although I would love to. I love reading blogs of women who do dress vintage all the time and it looks so fun. I'll put a couple links in the show notes. First of all, as a plus-size woman, frankly, I'm too large to fit most authentic vintage clothing, which tends to be available mostly in small sizes. There are a few reasons for this. One is that women and men, too, tended to be smaller in past eras, both shorter and more slender. As a rule, we've grown taller and bigger-boned and stouter with each generation, at least here in America. Another reason vintage clothing runs small is that those larger-sized garments that did once exist have gotten snapped up over the decades, not only by people who wear vintage as a matter of course, but by theater companies and school drama departments and other people looking for costumes. The smaller sizes that fewer people could fit into have not been snapped up quite so quickly, thus they're still around today. What I do wear a lot of are things like vintage handbags, jewelry, scarves, 
hair ornaments, which aren't so size-dependent. As the joke goes, I can still fit into my earrings from high school. But then, of course, these aren't genuine vintage of their reproductions. I do own a few reproductions, but not enough to call it a whole wardrobe. But I do hope to wear more and more vintage styles as time goes on, as I acquire them, since I like them and they seem to suit my personality. I always feel good in them and get lots of compliments when I do wear something vintage-inspired. Another hurdle is that scouting out genuine vintage clothes takes time. Not only is it hard to find garments in my size that I love, but there's time, effort, and often cost associated with cleaning the old fabrics, doing repairs, and caring for the clothes in general. As for actually wearing them out in public, I'm clumsy, let's face it. I spill things. I'm not as careful as I should be, and many of the old fabrics are quite fragile. I'm pretty tough on clothes, but again, some of the modern reproductions can capture the styles in more sturdy fabrics without the headaches that come with caring for authentic vintage garments. All that said, would I wear a vintage gown or dress if the right one came along? Absolutely. Often the quality of the fabric is better, and the quality of the workmanship is, too. You'll find things like fabric-covered buttons, hand smocking, and details like deeper hems and more generous seam allowances that are hard to come by these days. Plus, many of the styles were more becoming to the feminine figure, with seaming and darts and things meant to flatter curves. These details cost more to make, so many manufacturers skip them nowadays to keep costs down. Also, some people have a problem with wearing clothes that others have worn before. I have absolutely no problem with this. In fact, I love to imagine who might have worn a garment before I did. To me, that's part of its allure. <clears throat> Ginger asks, Will you ever have guests on the podcast? Oh, I'd love to hear some conversations with like-minded ladies. <laughs> yes, Ginger, I do plan to start inviting guests onto the show now and then, sometime in the future. I have a few hurdles to get over first, mostly having to do with mastering all the technological aspects of putting together the podcast before I start adding people to the mix. I figure that if I mess something up now, it's just me who's affected, but... When I start having guests, then my mix-ups and false starts may inconvenience them as well. So I'd like to get everything down pat. But yes, having guests on is definitely something that's on my radar for the future. Thank you for the suggestion. If you have a question you'd like me to answer or a suggestion or topic you'd like me to address, drop me a line at Jenny, J-E-N-N-Y, at sparklingvintagelife.com. And if you can take a few minutes to stop by iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a positive review, that will help raise the visibility of the show so others can find it. And I'll be back in a moment with today's Grace Note. Today's Grace Note is the 1928 Jewelry Company. 
If you like vintage-inspired jewelry and accessories, and you don't mind if they're reproductions, not genuine antiques, the 1928 Jewelry Company is the source for you. They create modern replicas of designs from the past, including Art Deco, Renaissance, Victorian, Classical Greece. They even have a Downton Abbey collection. So check out the 1928 Jewelry Company. I'll put a link in the show notes. And now for a real treat. I'm going to give away a pin from the 1928 Jewelry Company. This is a gorgeous, very spring-like pin. It's a pink porcelain rose set between two green porcelain leaves. And it's all on a 14-karat gold-dipped bar pin. I'll put a link, or a picture of it, rather, in the show notes so you can see what it looks like. It's about three-quarters of an inch tall and two inches or so wide. And it would look just great pinned to a collar or a coat or um, a hat if you have one. It's really, really pretty and spring-like and very feminine. I think you'll love it. You could even give it to someone for Mother's Day, but you'll probably want to keep it yourself. Maybe you could give it to yourself for Mother's Day. Anyway, um, the way to put your name in the hopper for this giveaway is um, one of two ways. You can visit jenniferlamontleo.com forward slash podcast. Look for episode 10 and leave a comment there telling me what you think about the podcast and um, any feedback you have for me there. The second way is to leave a review as I beg every week. Leave a review at iTunes or Stitcher or um, we're now on Spotify. So that's exciting, but leave a review for the podcast. And then, um, so to make sure I see it, um, you can either send me uh, an email at jenny at sparklingvintagelife.com or leave um, a comment at jenniferlamontleo.com under episode 10. And let me know you did so, so that I can uh, put your name in the hopper. And I will pick that name in a couple weeks, um, probably before the end of April. And that way um, it can be out to you and you'll have it in time for Mother's Day. So that is it for today. Thanks for listening and come back next week when I'll be discussing another aspect of a sparkling vintage life. <music>